The real content of any kind of revolutionary thrust lies in the, in, in the principles and the goals that you're striving for, not in the way you reach them. You are now listening to Musings Behind the Creative. What's your passion? Hi, and welcome to another episode of Musings Behind the Creative. I am your host, Renata Dixon-Wansu, and these are the bi-weekly, shorter, personal musings of mine where I talk to you about things that, you know, interest me, things I've had to think about internally, um, and just interacting with other people around me and just... um, addressing things with the current climate and hopefully give some helpful tips and so I had a chat with someone recently and they were asking me how they felt they should approach a certain situation that they were going through and they basically felt that they weren't appreciated in their place of work um, by someone who was in a direct position that could be mentoring them or should be mentoring them and I listened to the things that she had said and things that came up were um, you know she felt that she wasn't appreciated um, she didn't feel that her she had made requests to be more included in certain aspects of the work so she could learn and those things were not being done Um, she was feeling Um, what's the word she was feeling almost ostracized because certain conversations would then be held without her being there and these were things that she had asked for and just she felt that on the whole that her ability to perform and do her job and learn that she wasn't being viewed from the lens of being a competent human being um, as a black woman and (sighs) I said to her like for me the current climate of things um, it's almost surreal it's surreal because a lot of the things that I have felt, um, things that I'm sure she has felt and other black men and women across the world have felt, are only now being heard, um, acknowledged that, you know, actually this has happened, your pain is real, I don't live your life and I'm not in your skin, but I acknowledge that you have gone through some things or this has hurt you and I said to her that because it seems as though we are being heard then maybe she should say something and 
it's not that she hasn't tried to say things she has said that she has tried um and she's still not feeling heard and it's this is a running narrative it may not happen to every black person in every single job they have but i can comfortably and confidently say that it will have at least happened one time in each lifetime of each black individual and within these scenarios if you funny enough end up not experiencing it amazing but if you do this is something that I felt we needed to discuss because how do you you know state how you feel without being isolated or pinned as the black person the angry black person are uh, you always causing you know because the reality is in a, a number of scenarios that I've I've experienced myself I have not wanted to really raise my voice and say you know what this happened or you know how I don't appreciate this because I didn't really want to be you know I didn't want to be targeted as okay so now it's the black person that's saying it. she's always saying stuff but I have found that you know the reality of it is is that sometimes you lose your job it, it's it's a reality sometimes when you stand your ground if they can't openly say that this is the reason they're doing it because of this you will start having a whole bunch of things tallying up that you know you haven't done you haven't done you weren't this you weren't that and then they will use that to fight you it, it happens and from the context of a black woman, it's, it's really difficult. It's really difficult. How do you empower yourself and still feel safe and secure? And what I my most recent experience in um, being employed um, was actually a good one. It was it was a good one. It was a good one because people in the firm were aware. They were aware. I mean, and that's not to say that people in all firms are not aware of the statistics, because you know, I've had this conversation with a couple of um, other fem black female architects, but you know when i would look for work in a firm and the very early stages you know you're supposed to you know check out the firm check if they they their ideals and things that they're doing in the firm align with yours and the fact that you want to get experience that's what everyone standardly does what some black people do will go and see go onto their directory and see who's who and the ones that I never really used to see black people in, I was uncomfortable applying for. <laughs> I will tell you the truth. 
I was uncomfortable applying for it because, you know, I just didn't really think that it would, it would work out. And that's not because I made that up in my head. That's because there are, I've had certain jobs that, you know, I was the only black person and um, it didn't really work out. It didn't really work out. Um, and <laughs> I can't, I can't even, okay. So a great scenario was, um, it was my first job in retail, high-end fashion firm. I loved it. I just wanted to gain my experience. I had done so many CV drops, you know, it's always hard to get the first job anyway. As a black kid, times that by whichever fraction or percentage that you want to multiply that by and voila. And so I just really want to keep, wanted to keep my head down and get my work, get my experience and just move up the ladder. And um, there was me and another lady that worked on the concessions um, and she was a little bit older than me and our managers changed. Now, before our managers changed, me, I had um, completed my um, three-month probation. And before my manager left, she was like, you know, everything's fine, you're all signed off, you're ready to go, like, you're cool. New manager comes in. She seemed nice enough. I, I was just trying to do my job. I weren't really trying to rock no boat, so I was just doing what I was supposed to do. But the other black lady was a bit older and had a little bit more wisdom. And so she had seen certain things, attitudes, behaviors, and then she overheard a conversation where this French lady had basically said she was gonna fire all the black girls and get her French colleagues in. It was a prominent brand at the time and I don't know maybe she felt that that brand only looked good to have non-black people in it I don't know and so the girl told me about it the lady told me about it and I was like oh wow like and she was livid and she had actually called out the lady on the BS and she called out the lady on the BS she obviously denied it um and she quit and she told me what happens and she was just like, I don't know however long you're going to last here, but you know, just keep your head down and stay out of her line of sight. I took it, I took it, I took it, the advice with blessings. And so shortly after she left, the shits and giggles started with me. Little things. Oh, you're not doing that properly. I'm trying doing it this way. Oh, your sales this week mm, down by like two percent. You really need to make sure you meet your targets. Now it came. It became a conversation about me meeting my targets, which I was meeting before. No problem. I was kind of low sometimes, but you know we have bad weeks. But I was getting full-on conversation. Like we're having full-on conversations about how I must and. You know, maybe you need extra training. Maybe you haven't received enough training. And um, 
it came down to it. I got called into the office. Um, I was told that my performance was not meeting the criteria, and she didn't think I was a good sales assistant. And she said, you know, if I'm really looking for a part-time job, I should consider working um, in a library because, um, you know, it's not cut out for me. In that conversation, I knew it is better to just hand in your resignation letter. Because what you don't want is you got fired. Hmm? I saw the sledgehammer coming. I handed in my resignation letter. She got all our French girlfriends in. They were living life. It was fantastic for them, but no props. Couple of years later, couple of years later. Now, realistically, after that, it was still a bit of a hassle. It was hard to get another job, but I persisted and I got another one. I didn't really like that one because it wasn't high-end designer. It paid the bills, but I wanted the life that I just, you see the promised land was there. I had entered into luxury, into good pay, into eh, staff discounts. And then the levels lowered small. And I was like, nah, I want that. Went to pound the pavement again. I ended up working for a number of high-end fashion houses and I was good at it and my commission was banging and I was living life. And I saw this woman a couple of years later. Coincidentally, working in, walking into the place of work that she had fired me, or that she was intending on firing me from. And I had everything, a part of me wanted to get off the bus, stop her and be like, you remember when you said I wouldn't be Remember when you said I should look and work in a library and just read off everywhere I've worked and where I was currently going to? And a part of me was like, you know what? No, it's not worth it. It's not worth it because she is, she's, she's a sick person. She's unwell and maybe she will, she will, she will cure herself of her illness. And, and so when that is your real first experiences, of being employed as a black woman in the UK. You really start to understand that once you get your pieces of what of, of of qualifications that says, I am capable of doing this job. Maybe you have played around in class, maybe, but you still got the certificate. Your counterparts and peers, some of them, listen, I saw people passing on my course that I'm like, how the hell did you pass? How the hell? You're hardly here. You spend no time. Yo, these people are getting spoon-fed to become employed people. People who, you know, in Igbo, there's this thing that my mom would say, in Azuya, you're training them to become a person. There are people that, they get into uni, bruv, our counterparts. And they are literally being begged to become someone. Fail after fail after fail. After, they are begging. Yet the teachers are 
hand-holding, spoon-feeding, offering tutorials in their own yards, in their homes. Yes, after academic classes have finished. I'll come down, come to my house, don't worry, we'll, we'll go over this. That we, we don't get. Unless, 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 unless someone really does choose to advocate for you. That's how we get our foot through the door. That's how we struggle to do that. There are upsets, hardships, disappointments. Maybe people became our allies, got to a point that they realized, you know what, I don't really want to push this boat. It's not my problem. Or powers that be, you know, it was, ta- it was taken up and the powers that be were like, nah. It's either the not the right time, which business is business. You have to do things in a timely fashion. And if it does not benefit your company, then you can't do it. But don't say it don't benefit your company and then you employ someone who don't look like me and you're spoon feeding them to become professionals who will then be the managers and How do we, how do we, how do we, um, how do we make this not be the narrative? You know, in the UK we have had, you know, there's, there's, there have been initiatives that have made that, you know, if you are black, you know, it's equal opportunity, it's diversity. And we are all saying the buzzwords, but reality is that's what the government will say it is 100% dependent on the company and the individuals that work within that company to really institutionalize it and make it a thing and it's unfortunate that not every company at every level has people of color that can initiate that or have allies in the company to initiate that and that's the reality of it and sometimes you know i knew a girl who studied architecture did her part two was unemployed for four years four years before she got a job you know and what that does it knocks your confidence when you do get a job you're a bit skittish you're a bit like i don't want to make the wrong moves you don't even know what what the moves which moves are wrong but in your mind, you don't want to make the wrong move because you don't, hey, you don't want to be fired. You don't want to not meet your probation because, bro, you just want to feed yourself. You just, you just want to have nice clothes, bruv. Like you just want to be able to go and buy what you want to buy at your own comfortability and level of satisfaction and just live your life. That's what we all want to do. And we want to be appreciated for that. And so... When she was telling me, I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm going to share this because, you know, in a couple of uh, um, earlier episodes, I had said, you know, I felt this kind of when I didn't see me in the world. So, you know, when I looked at certain practices and certain firms and wanted to go look for employment, I didn't see me there. So I was just like, boy, don't even bother. Don't even bother. Do not bother because it go hard for you. You go struggle. Do you understand? 
and then you know the places that can offer that you know they're probably inundated inundated so you know it comes down to what their preference is and that's okay that's okay if you have the skill set that they're looking for and they have the space for you they will do it if they don't they don't it's unfortunate but it creates a psycho it creates this psychosis and paranoia my um, my friend was saying it to me and i was just like wow like she she was like this paranoia where you don't want to make a mistake you know she was like her current um the person that you know is overseeing her work and stuff like that you know when she makes a mistake it's pointed out it's pointed out in group settings which encourages shame even though that the reality of it is everybody else probably will think hard oh, he he or she don't mean it they don't mean it they don't mean it like that but if you who has started hearing it and continues to hear it as the rhetoric you begin to see for you that you know what they're pointing this person is pointing out mistakes that if it was somebody else they wouldn't point it out because you will see, you would have seen the evidence as in emails that are being sent out Iggy Higgy Hagar all the thing mistakes are all over the place but they're not being called out on that it's like oh it's okay don't worry about it don't worry about it and this is not new because you know it's been stated with the amount of students from you know primary school secondary school what the numbers are in who passes and who doesn't and that is a hundred percent dependent on you know if the teacher sees you as being capable she said to me i want to be seen as a functioning brain that can do their job if i say i want to do something i want to contribute to a project and you don't believe or think i am capable at least let me try let me try okay the project doesn't allow for that time to be wasted for you to do something and then somebody else has to do it over okay let me work on a part of it give me something give me something because yes on one hand your employer needs to build trust in you you need to show that your employer you need to show your employer that you can you're capable and you're trustworthy to be able to take this task through to the end successfully we acknowledge that and for people that don't have the experience, you need to give me the space, you need to give me the opportunity to be able to gain those skills and learn from my mistakes. But if you're not even seeing me as someone who could even reach the potential of being able to run that through to the end. And then people wonder why. And if they don't wonder, they should wonder why. Why is the percentage of qualified black architects on a whole is low in the UK? It's just low. It's not that black people don't want to do work. It's not, it's not that. Trust me. I am a spitting, living 
example that black people want to do what within that industry we want it we're hungry for it we're thirsty for it if you invest seven years to be qualified to do something if you invest three years and then you go and sit there for your part two you want to do the job you want to do and you want to be paid well for it and you want to have your name as part of that document that project you want to see you out in the world you want to see that you contributed to something we all want that but we all don't get opportunities to become that and everyone's been saying it everyone's been saying it it don't matter how they want to spin the rhetoric of you know gang gang violence gang this gang that everyone's been saying it the backgrounds in which we come from the the things that we have to overcome in order to move into that realm granted sometimes it's easier for black women to do it than black men but just because it's easier doesn't mean it's actually it's it's actually easier than it overall because we all go through our stuff you know I've had situations where I never necessarily wanted to um, speak up or say my thoughts because I thought they're going to laugh, that's stupid. Uh, But I've been training for this. I should be able to feel comfortable within these conversations, you know? And it's it's a growing process, you know, in your career path. When you're green, you're green. That's just, it is what it is. You're green, you're green. You cannot be made to feel bad that you're green. But if you're qualified and you're experienced and you've had the experience, you've had allies, you've had people in different areas, walks of life that have supported you and encouraged you and allowed you to have the space to become that person that can do that job. And then you enter into another job and you're being made to feel like you're not capable. Omar, will you not be questioning yourself questioning you like your abilities thinking how do i how do i how do i prove myself it's from this this lens where you view me as being not capable when some of us have read the amount of books that you you would not even have touched in your life I remember having a conversation with someone and um, talking about, you know, filling in job applications, da 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 da. And he said to me, I've never had to fill in an application. Eh? Say again. He was like, yeah, I just, you know, my tutor um, worked in the firm, there, finished, and, you know, reached out to my tutor. That would mean that you'd have to have a good working relationship with your tutor. And I I really want to ask the question, how many black students have real great working relationships with their teachers or their tutors, that their tutors or their teachers at the point where they would have the opportunity to be able to offer them a, a way in? And when he said that to me, me, I just closed my mouth. Because I knew in that point, in that area, we can't relate. You don't know what it's like. 
don't know what it's like. So when I'm saying ha oh, or, or I'm, I'm spewing my emotional guts and you're looking at me like well, the, like it's a foreign thing to you, of course it would be. You haven't had the experience. And it has to be acknowledged. And I, I said to her in the end, you have to stand up for yourself in a way that is comfortable for you and your fear. And I said that because I know what my fear was when I started this platform. I know what my fears were and I did that. You know, I, I, there were things that were touchy, uncomfortable because, oh, I might lose. I am not at the point where I have a platform big enough to say eh and then everybody will say amen. Like, <laughs> I don't have that. So maybe don't talk too loud, bruv. But see, that's the issue. We do need to talk about it. We do. If John Boyega can turn around and say, "I'm speaking up, but I don't know if I'm speak. If I in speaking up, I don't know if I'm gonna have a job after this." Even at his level, we have to talk about it. We have to talk about it. We have to find a way to all work cohesively to be seen, heard and appreciated. And I know that there have been a people, a, a number of people on my path that have been that for me. They didn't have to be that for me, but they were because they understood. And if they didn't understand, they were just being decent human beings. We need more of that. We need more of that. So us as the black community, as black men, as black women, need to stop think, having, you know, there's there's what you need to become successful. There's the standardised what's out in the public. And then there's the other conversations that our parents will have with us, that our aunties and uncles will have with us. The extras to to make sure that you're seen, to make sure that you you, you somebody like... You know, it's hard to, you're shining so bright. You're shining bright. You're showing your skills. You're showing your ability. How do you keep shining like that when the people that see you only see you as a lump of coal? That you're now like saying, I want to be seen as an intelligent brain. And these are the things that make us angry. Think a perfect example. Listen, anyone who has the opportunity, go watch Little Fires Everywhere. It's exactly what we live as black people. People don't know the struggle. People don't know the stuff. And we deal with the microaggressions. Just listen. Oh, what is her name? Let me find her name. She is one of my favourite actors anyway. But I feel like people, black people will watch that. And the facial expressions she makes when she walks away 
from a discussion from this lady, this very entitled um, lady who doesn't even realise that she's entitled, um, is, you know, we will understand what is being said there. We know it. We feel that. We recognise it. It is recognisable. It is palpable to us. Kerry Washington. Ugh. We are consistently having to put out little fires everywhere within ourselves, just to just to just get by. Get by. We shouldn't have to just get by. It should be a safe space. It should be a safe space where we see ourselves, we see ourselves as able to pull in money for ourselves, to take care of ourselves, to, 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 to have the life we want, to enjoy, to travel, to expose our children to things that we may or may not have been exposed to, but to have that opportunity to really explore ourselves in the capable mindset And so, the, like, like I said, the advice I gave to her, in all of this, yes, we should speak up. If it's possible to speak up, speak up. If it's not possible to speak up, try and find an ally. Try and find a way to communicate with your needs that you are comfortable with, you know, someone could say yeah go guns blazing and you could get fired <laughs> you could get fired you know the game is the game you have to learn how to play it you have to learn how to play the chess you have to learn the rules of engagement and you have to be able to state your terms and what your needs are within the rules of engagement you have to empower yourself and speak from a position of power and that is something that I have learned in in my therapy in being able to get my point across without it being loaded it uh, and even if it is loaded for it to be clear, concise and understandable. And that is sometimes very, very difficult for us to do when we're having to always check ourselves, temperature check ourselves, make sure, looking over our back, just making sure, dot the I's, cross the T. It is, it is, it is a very, very hard and laborious lifestyle and the stress levels are real but we must still try and find a way. Yeah, and that's that's what I have. Find a way to get yourself heard and empower yourself to be able to do that. I think for me, this is part of what this platform is for. And I know, you know, as long as black people exist, black people will never stop being born. And the advice that I would get from aunties, uncles, other black women, my friends, parents, just this whole community collective of advice on how to transverse the world we live in has been helpful to me. Sometimes it worked, 
some advices didn't work because the reality is is that we are living in different times and days that our parents lived in and some of the things that would have worked back then does not necessarily work in the current state of evolution that we're in and so we must adapt and evolve and we have we have consistently adapted and evolved that has been our thing and we have to consistently do it to empower ourselves and so if you've had any experiences that you'd want to share or things that you think would be helpful to other people on their journey um, please like share subscribe and you can follow musings behind the creative on instagram at studio rdnx and you could follow me loma medici on instagram and um, we are available on spotify we are available on apple and all major platforms and yeah i'll see you on the other side <laughs>